from Los Angeles, California, the place where heavy metal dreams go to flourish or perish. You're listening to the Metal Assault Podcast with your host, metal expert, Andrew Bonsall. All right, welcome to episode two of the Metal Assault Podcast 2022. And just like last week, we have here the assistant at Metal Assault Records, Quincy. Quincy, just say hello to the audience real quick. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here for the second episode. Uh, We had our big comeback last week with episode one, which I hope you guys enjoyed. We had Don Carr from our very own Noise Cult on Metal Assault Records on the podcast as the special guest And we interviewed him about all things Noise Cult and Iron Maiden as he is about to leave on tour with Iron Maiden as their video director. So lots of good stuff there on the the previous episode. And we have a lot coming up on this one as well. When I did this podcast in the past, I would always talk about some of the shows that I attended to let people know about what's happening here in L.A. in terms of the live music scene and what I've been checking out. So I want to start this episode by mentioning a couple of shows I attended recently. Saturday, August 20th at the lovely Transplants Brewing in Palmdale, which is a venue that a lot of listeners on here might be familiar with because I've promoted that venue quite a bit and I've hosted some events that I put on at that venue in the last year or so. And we also had our 12-year anniversary party festival at that, at that venue. So Saturday, August 20th, we had Old Blood, which is obviously a band on Metal Assault Records and also managed by me. They played a show at Transplants with two touring bands and another L.A. band. So the band Sasquatch, which is a band from L.A. that's actually been around for over 20 years at this point with more than six studio albums under their belt. They were coming towards an end of their U.S. run along with Hippie Death Call from Portland, Oregon, another fantastic band, which has really come up a lot in recent years as a band to really keep an eye on and to listen to. Old Blood was offered that show by the venue, and I was obviously in approval of that offer, and I wanted Old Blood to be part of that lineup. It was a really good lineup for them to be a part of. And the opening band on that lineup was the Nuke Proofs, which is another L.A. band. So that was a good time. And then the next night, Sunday, August 21st, uh, this was another very cool show that Old Blood played. They played a show with Gorot from Boise, Idaho. So Gorot is a doom metal band from Boise, Idaho, which actually shared the stage with Old Blood um, last October, November of 2021 when Old Blood was out on their on the first leg of their U.S. tour. It was great to reunite with them, and this is another, another show where it was offered to Old Blood and it was a no-brainer because uh, when a band like Old Blood is touring and sharing the stage with bands from, uh, from out of town, it's only fair to return the favor when that band comes back around and comes to L.A. on their tour. So that's what it was all about. And uh, this show was at Knucklehead Hollywood, which um, is a new venue. It actually, it used to be something else before in the same building, but in its current incarnation, that venue is only four months old. So it basically opened while I was on uh, tour with Exodus last time out. That's why I was uh, not as familiar with it until I 
saw it for myself. And I'm amazed by it and I'm stoked on it because it's been a long time since there's been a heavy metal venue in Hollywood. Um, and Knucklehead is a sweet setup with a good stage and a good vibe. That show was really good as well with the Gorot Old Blood and uh, another LA band called Pegzilla. So that was a great time. I'm definitely stoked on this venue and the people who run it. And hopefully there'll be more Metal Assault bands playing there. And in general, I would love to check out more shows there because it's less than two miles from where I live. I'm, I'm definitely very pumped on having a venue like that close to uh, home base here. I want to talk about what to expect here from the next few episodes as we get more in the flow of things on the Return of the Metal Assault podcast. Obviously, we'll have interviews with uh, musicians, and uh, these will be from bands that are well-known as well as uh, relatively underground because uh, I've always supported both those categories equally over the years, whether it be with the Metal Assault blog or the old podcast or with the label or with anything else. I'm looking forward to talking to a lot of people uh, that I maybe have talked to before or that I haven't talked to before. There's so many um, interesting personalities out there in our world. So there'll be a lot of that coming up on the podcast too. And of course, there'll be some bands on the label that'll be featured, but also bands not on the label because this podcast is definitely way more inclusive in that sense. And in general, I just want to support good heavy metal and good heavy music uh, more than anything else. And also, I'm uh, very excited for interviews with tour mates on my upcoming tour with Exodus. Uh, I'm working for Exodus, but obviously on that tour, there's also going to be Testament and Death Angel on the lineup. So there's a lot of people that I could talk to there. So the possibilities are quite endless. So uh, I don't want to say any names yet because it depends on who I catch on what day. But I'm sure I can do a lot of interviews while I'm on the road. So I'll definitely be carrying some sort of portable setup with me to uh, record those interviews and provide a lot of entertaining content here for the podcast. In terms of the label update, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes here with um, new signings and bookings for a lot of new tours coming up and new releases. So a lot of that will be revealed as we go along and keep an eye out on the socials for all that. So our guest for this week is actually somebody who's been on every version of the podcast that I've done in the past, and it's from a band that was one of the very, very first signings on Metal Assault Records. So we're going to have Ryan Follow from Solar Haze. He's a drummer in the band. Solar Haze was signed to Metal Assault Records way back in 2018, which seems like forever ago. We've released their debut album in 2019, which is a self-titled release. And then we released the next EP in 2021 called The Solar Age. Since then, the band went out on a tour earlier this year and they just played a couple of other regional shows and they have some cool shows coming up. And they're also working on the next album, which we are very excited about. So let's get into it. I'm going to talk to Ryan about all these things and more. Check it out and hope you dig it. Well, now I'm here with uh, Ryan Fala from Solar Haze. Ryan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? It's great to be back on the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's like 
I had to ask you and Solar Haze to be back on because you guys have pretty much been on every version of the podcast, like when I did it in the past uh, or in the most recent past, and then the time before that, you were always there. So, you know, we got to have you in the beginning of this new one too, you know. Yeah, I appreciate the thought. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, a lot has been going on in the world of Solar Haze this year, which has been awesome to see for me as your label, of course, and just as a fan in general, because the last couple of years we had the pandemic and all that stuff. So you guys went out on uh, another tour this year, uh, earlier in 2022, like in May of this year, and that was your first like real tour since... 2019, basically, since the debut album was released, right? So how was it getting back out on the road after so long, like after kind of being uh, being inside through the pandemic and all that stuff, you know? It was great, man. You know, uh, we were a little nervous going out on the road. It had been a couple of years with the whole shutdown. and kind of like reset everyone in the band. So it felt like we were kind of just starting this thing over again. And it was really nice when we got out on the road because, you know, you think, like, we haven't toured in two, three years. The crowds really might not be there, but the crowds were bigger than uh, our 2019 tour. Like, there were people who were showing up. Like, we were showing up to cities, and we'd have people saying, like, yeah, man, we've been listening to you on Spotify. We've been waiting for you to come here. People were bringing their friends to come see us play. We played in, like, um, in Boise for a massive crowd like some of the shows San Diego was a great show some of these some of these places really showed up and you know we kind of thought this was just going to be like getting back into the groove of things but it was big and it was great to just see that that music world is still out there yeah totally man I can imagine because yeah like you said you revisited some of those cities after the first time but also some cities that you'd never been to but where people were waiting to see the band, uh, people who had been listening to the music and who had bought the merchandise online and stuff like that. So um, there's nothing like it, isn't it? I mean, when you're on stage and and you get to talk to people afterwards or or during, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, man. The, like the first show in Eureka when uh, people had told us that they had been waiting to come see us play and that was just like crazy to us just because like we had been out of, touring for like two or three years and we felt like we needed to like get that momentum back but the momentum was already there and even the new cities like we played in colorado for the first time that show was packed that was a great show the uh one of the bands chamber mage had brought a ton of people and it was only their second show and they were sick it was so cool to like be in these new cities and like meet these new bands and just you know making friends that's my favorite thing about being on tour is meeting new bands and meeting new people and then getting excited to go out and see them again next time you hit that city. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is your what do you what is your touring setup like? Like you guys uh, touring in a van or uh, just driving yourself, or what is that like? You know? Yeah, we uh, rent a van, and that it, that does get a little costly. We are in the process of getting our own van, but we do rent a Sprinter van, and it's big enough to fit the whole band, fit all our equipment. We don't have to take like a trailer or anything. And it's pretty comfortable, you know, parking up in, in rest stops and gas stations and having to crash out in the van for a little bit. So that definitely makes tour easier, having something a little spacious like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know, Sprinter vans are, yeah, like they're a good solution to the 
to the van bands, I think, you know, uh, compared to like uh, the standard van and trailer stuff. But, uh, you know, that's cool. So from this last tour, uh, I mean, I know it's been a while now, like that was in May and now we're um, quite a few months down from that. But maybe that's why this is this is an even better question now to to see what you really remember, right? So, what are some of the kind of the best memories from that, or the best some of the like the the craziest stories or anything, you know? Well, I gotta say, like Boise was wild. That was probably the best night of the tour. Um, you know, last time we played in 2019, like not that many people had showed up to Boise, and it was our first time there, so it wasn't like that big of a deal. But we came back, and we were expecting like a bit of the same. And there were so many people there. It was crazy. Like, I, when I saw the crowd, we first got there, like, I was a little nervous. It had been a couple of years. And we go on the stage, and we're playing. People are tripping out. They're having a great time. And we're playing the last song of the set. We're playing Coven. And it's in the last piece, right, where the song is just climaxing. And our guitar player, Ross, he has a wireless setup. So he goes into the crowd, and he's just doing his thing playing. And some crazy fucker picks him up and puts him on their shoulders, and the crowd starts um, crowd-surfing Raw. And he's crowd-surfing in the middle of playing his coven, and he had, doesn't skip a beat at all. Like, he's perfectly on point. And they crowd-surf him up to the stage, and they throw him back on the stage, and we all kind of just looked at each other and say, like, holy shit, did that happen? Like, that was a huge rock star moment. And it was great that that show was, that was like the fourth show of the tour, so that gave us a ton of momentum to just, like, get through the rest of the tour and be, like, real excited for it, you know? Yeah, that's amazing, man. I mean, I've seen that happen a couple of times at shows where like one of the band members is crowd surfing. But I think in a lot of a lot of those times, it's kind of more like choreographed or pre-planned or something as kind of part of like some kind of gimmick. But if somebody's actually like enjoying the show to the extent where they do it, where you, it's like spontaneous, it's even better, right? Yeah, it is. It, it was awesome to see that and to just, just to know that the crowd was so into the song that they just wanted to like express themselves in such a way you know yeah man yeah i can imagine um so aside from the tour i mean you guys have um the last release that we put out was in 2021 well july 2021 it's been a while now right the solar age was the ep that we released and um since then i'm sure the band has been working on some new stuff so what's uh what what can you tell us about that like or, or tell the audience about that oh yeah we, we definitely have new stuff in the works uh on the last tour that we just did we had um played a new song for the first it was the first time we had played this song live my brother had just written it like right before we went on the road and it got like amazing crowd reactions and, you know, before we went on tour, we had been working on finishing up new material for our next full length. And that's really our focus now is just getting all that together because we want to record the next the next album next year and hopefully release it next year, too. Uh, anything can happen when it comes to, like, the recording process or anything. But we are focused on coming out with our next album next year. And we really think people are going to dig it a lot because it's such a huge transformation from what we've been doing with our first album and our EP, like you will be able to see the progress in us as a band as you like look through our discography. And this album, we feel like it's going to be such a huge like turning point for us as musicians and like in our career. So we're just really excited for it. We're really excited to get in the studio and just knock these tracks out. Yeah, man, that's that's exciting to hear. I mean, I can't wait to hear it myself. Um, and 
you know, um, make everybody else hear it too. Um, so one thing with Solar Haze's releases so far and with all your t-shirt designs and just the artwork in general, it's like, to me, it's just, it's always been so striking. And even when I go and uh, set up like a merch booth for, for the label, you know, at, at various events and festivals, um, the Solar Haze album cover from the debut, it always sticks out. And a lot of times I've made sales just from people liking the cover, you know. So I think credit goes to Ryan Bartlett for all that. I mean, if I'm not wrong, he's done pretty much all the art that you guys have put on albums and on shirts. So like, how did that, how did you land that guy in the first place? And, you know, like, uh, kind of what are your thoughts on, on that part of uh, that aspect of it, you know? Well, you know, with Solar Haze and, you know, just my philosophy in general is that I want to have art for like t-shirts or records or whatever. I just want to have art that people will see and regardless of if they know Solar Haze or not, they're going to be interested in it. They don't want to buy it. Like you see people like they'll wear, you know, Misfit Bean Skulls like Nirvana shirts and they won't know jack shit about the band, but it's just such striking imagery that they need to wear and I like that. I think that's a great way to expand your music and like expand past people that might skip it at first glance if your art isn't something striking. And with Ryan Bartley, like it just kind of like, I don't even remember how we ended up landing that. That's mostly like a Steven thing, but it just kind of worked out like it was perfect. He just, he knows exactly what we want and we give him concepts that he just, he just loves these concepts so much. He just pours all of himself into it. And that's, you know, credit to him as an artist for just going that deep, you know, because he could just come up with some stuff that everyone else has seen and turn it in. But he really puts it out there for Solar Haze. And it's really like that Iron Maiden kind of like Derek Riggs relationship. We're going to keep working with him in the future. And we really feel like the art that we're going to turn out in the future is going to expand the way people see the band. You know, we just want to keep it growing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I agree on like, that's a good reference with the Derek Riggs thing, because um, with Iron Maiden, as we are both huge fans of the band, I mean, the, he did a lot of the early stuff and then he stopped working with them and it's never been the same since then, you know, so there's that that relationship and that pattern uh, definitely matters. And even in case of Ryan Bartlett, I mean, yes, he also works for other bands, obviously, and he's um, a freelancer in that sense. And I've often thought about this, like, oh, I should use him for other stuff and hit him up. But then I'm like uh, immediately thinking, oh, but he did such a great job on Solar Haze. I don't know if he has anything left, you know, to offer to, to anybody else, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's boundless, the energy and the creativity that he has. You know, um, we just played a show. It was before we went on tour, but he had come out to the show and we were just hanging out talking you know, he was just telling us how excited he is to, you know, work on our future concepts. And, like, we were just talking about ideas for the next album artwork, and he was loving it. And you know, the energy in the relationship is is so present. And, you know, that's the most important thing to me is having a working relationship where there's just energy behind it and people that are excited to do things. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and that shows in the work, too. So, you know, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait to see... Um, what 
what comes out of that in the future, whether it be with the new album cover or new t-shirts and stuff like that, you know. Um, but generally for you guys, like whether it be on the previous tour or at, at regional shows in general, like what's people's response being to the to the merch side of things, you know, like, I mean, because that's obviously like a big, um, like a big lifesaver for bands that are especially on the road, right? It's great. You know, people are just stopping just to like um, browse the merch table and like, they stop and it really catches their eye. You know, we'll be on stage and we'll see people just kind of hanging out around the merch table. You know, as soon as we get off, people are always asking us, like, who did the art? How'd you come up with this? Blah, blah, blah. And that's great. I love that. I love how people are just so captured by it. And, you know, when we were on tour, um, merch was flying off the table. And I that just has so much to do with the art and, like, how people are so stricken by it that they kind of just, they just, like, kind of need to have it, you know? So it's nice, like even when first timers come out to see Solar Haze and they see the art, and it's just like something that they have to buy. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, but in terms of the music, you know, getting back to that part of it, um, as as is the case with a lot of bands on on the Metal Assault roster, I feel like. Um, I mean, I think it just comes from my own personal taste with it being like very like, open-minded and kind of wide-ranged um, all across the spectrum. I like bands that are pushing the boundaries and are not like just narrowly playing a certain subgenre, right? So Solar Haze mm -hmm. is a, a really good example of that too because, yeah, you guys have the real doomy stuff, but even on the Solar Age EP, there's a couple of real fast, like, Iron Maiden-type songs, too, you know? Like, so is that something that just naturally comes out of you guys, or do you think about, like, you know, what type of music you want to write next, you know? You know, it, it's all just comes natural. We we have our influences, and we're not afraid to, like, fall to what our influences have taught us. You know, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Black Sabbath, Mask, and the Sword, like, they created who we are as musicians, and we we love expressing that, you know? So it just comes out and jamming. Like, we just jam, we just do our thing. And the one thing that really excites me about the next album is how expansive our sound is becoming. It's really, it's it's expanding past just being Doom or just being, like, fast, heavy, kind of thrashy Iron Maiden stuff. Like, it's, those two camps are really starting to mix together. And I would kind of say it's, it's coming off as, like, sort, sort of like Mastodon, Leviathan, is what the sound for the next album is kind of like coming together to be. And it's really exciting to like hear like the doom getting faster and heavier and the, the thrash getting like, you know, bigger and like more aggressive. So it's nice to see the sound expanding in those ways. Yeah, that's, that's killer. I mean, that's a good, a good one to look forward to. I mean, if it sounds anything like uh, Leviathan by Mastodon, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, good teaser, I suppose, for for people to yeah. look forward to. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's exciting, you know. Like we we never, um, you know, we didn't sit down and plan like we wanted to sound like this or like we want our albums or songs to sound like this. It just it just happened, you know. We've been getting better as musicians and we've been getting more creative, and it's starting to reflect in the music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is one thing that I'm pretty sure I've asked you before in the previous times that you did the podcast. Um, but I mean, you were. 
uh, initially, I knew you as as a contributor to the Metal Assault blog. Like you were doing reviews and and all that type of stuff for for us, and that was really cool. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, since like it's been at least a couple of years um, from when we did this last time, what are you currently jamming? Not jamming in terms of playing, but like listening. Like what are, what are you digging these days? Like whether it's like anything new or or old or whatever, you know. Man, lately, uh, like these last couple weeks, I've just been listening to some like real basic like radio stuff. There's just something about listening to like No Doubt and Everclear and Old Three Eleven, and there's something about just that strong like very repetitive rhythm that's been real catchy to me. Um, and then before that, like I was listening to the Top Gun soundtrack nonstop. I had just seen Top Gun one and two, and that shit blew my mind. So I was just in that album for like two months nonstop listening to that album. You know, lately it's been a little bit away from like metal and like the prog that I usually listen to, but it's nice to just keep the ears refreshed because if you keep listening to the same music over and over again, like it all starts going, your, your ears numb to it. You can't really like pick out the little things that make the music special. So it's always good to like have that palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good thought, and yeah, I'll, I'll have to check out that Top Gun soundtrack. I don't think I even know what's on there, honestly, but yeah, that's a good um, good recommendation, you know. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's so good. It's the Top Gun, the first movie soundtrack on Spotify. It's so good. Awesome, man. Awesome. So lastly, um, what uh, is there any shows coming up for Solar Haze that you want to plug real quick, like through September, October, or in the near future um, that are confirmed and ready to be announced? Else, you know yeah uh, we're playing next week september 9th at the poorhouse in san diego we're playing with um who do a kill who we played with in arizona on our last tour and then it's a it's a two-day thing so we're doing september 9th in san diego and then september 10th at a Callahan's in azusa so we're really excited to bring our friends from arizona over here and sort of a nice little welcome and it would be great to see as many of you people as possible to show this touring band that there are people here that want to see them and support them. Awesome. Yeah, that's a that's an amazing band. I mean, I've uh, worked with them before. I think I booked them at the Redwood Bar in L.A. like uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, they played a show in Arizona and in New Mexico on the Old Blood Tour earlier this year as well. So the, everybody loved them too, you know. So that, that that should be fun. That's a good match, Solar Haze and Who Do I Kill. So good luck for those Yeah, shows. I'm excited and, for it. Yeah, I mean... Thank you. They're great guys, great yeah. musicians. Yeah, I'm leaving town at the same time, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would definitely be at the Azusa show, but I'm sure it'll be a banger, you know. Yeah, or, you know, Solar Haze in the building will always be a banger. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think on that note, that's pretty much all I had for this interview, Ryan. Thanks again for your time. Always uh, fun catching up with you and, you know, talking music, talking Solar Haze. Uh, lots to look forward to from Solar Haze on Metal Assault Records. Awesome, man, and thank you again for having me. We're looking forward to playing more shows and being on more of your podcast. Thank you. Awesome, man. Well, all right, you have a good day, dude. All right, you too. Thank you. Cheers, man.
All right, that was Ryan Fala from Solar Haze. Hope you guys liked the interview. Check out Solar Haze on the socials and on Bandcamp. And um, keep an eye out for announcements about the new album and about their new shows and everything else. So let's move on from that into the next segment. So now uh, I'm very excited for this week's music recommendation. This one I've been listening to quite a lot in recent months. And actually... It's one of those artists that I end up listening to quite a lot when I'm on the on tour, especially because it's instrumental music, which I tend to enjoy when I'm on the road. So this is a French artist called Carpenter Brute, which some of you might be familiar with, but if you're not, I'm here to talk about it. To me, this is an amazing artist. I mean, officially, the, the term used to describe his music is dark synth, but there's a lot going on there with... It's, it's obviously synth-based, as the name suggests, but there's a lot of metal elements, a lot of industrial heavy rock stuff going on, even electronic elements. So it's a whole bunch of stuff, but it's very well done, and it kind of has a certain image imagery to it and a certain story to it, because this year, Carpenter Brute released an album called Leather Terror, and in 2018, he released an album called Leather Teeth. So apparently these two albums are the first two in a trilogy, which is associated with the same storyline. So obviously the third album will be out at some point in the future, hopefully in the near future. Uh, this is a, it's a fantastic artist, and uh, I'm, I'm really blown away by the music that these two albums in particular have offered. Aside from this, he also has other albums and EPs and even live albums that were released prior to 2018. So there's a lot of music to check out on any of your favorite digital platforms. Um, so I would highly recommend Carpenter Brute. On the latest album, he also has collaborated with a bunch of artists uh, because, as I mentioned, it's instrumental in terms of what he writes, but he collaborates with singers to lend vocals on certain tracks. And one of the artists on this Latest album is um, Greg from Dillinger Escape Plan, which I'm sure everybody in the hard rock and heavy metal world is familiar with. So uh, definitely very highly recommended Carpenter Brute. Uh, check out the latest album, Leather Terror, and all the stuff before that as well. And now it's time for the industry tip of the week. So last week's industry tip was uh, the importance of touring for bands. And this week I want to talk about something which I've noticed increasingly over the years and even the shows that I mentioned, uh, the August 20 and 21 Old Blood shows, I noticed some of the musicians doing this. I've talked about this on my social media as something that bands should not be doing. And, but here I am talking about it again because apparently it still, it still exists and it's never going away. What I'm talking about is I uh, don't... Um, recommend bands to be overly self-critical when talking to people at shows. So what I mean by that is bands should avoid self-criticism at shows when they're talking to the general public. Like when somebody comes up to you after your set and says, hey, you played a great set. What I've noticed is that that particular member or musician immediately contradicts that by saying, oh, I made some mistakes, but thanks. So 
instead of saying that, you should just eliminate the negative and just accept the compliment and just say thank you because that person does not really know that you made mistakes because they might not really be uh, paying that much close attention to your parts or they might not even know your music that well. They might just be a first-timer or a random a random walk-in who checked out your band and liked it. So I think it's much better to accept the compliment as it's been given and save the self-criticism for later. And that should only be within the band discussion, not outside of that. Like even if it's somebody from your label or your your crew or anyone who compliments you, just accept the compliment and move on from there. Because I think it's very kind of counterproductive to be to be anything other than that uh, when you're interacting with people. Because if somebody is complimenting you, like they already have a good impression, so why ruin that? And then if they're saying that you played a great set, but then you're saying that you didn't, then that kind of makes them feel stupid or something like that or, or less knowledgeable or something of that sort. So I think that should be avoided at all times if you're a musician, uh, especially if you're in a band that's um, trying to make new fans and get out and play in, the, in public. I think that interaction with the public is, uh, is an underrated skill for sure. So that's something that people should keep in mind uh, while talking to uh, others at shows. So that's my, my rant of the week for, for, the, for you band folks out there. All right, so that is it for this week's episode of the Metal Assault Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, stay tuned and see you later. You've been listening to the Metal Assault Podcast. Hit up the website, metalassault.com, or check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Metal Assault LA. Instagram at Metal Assault. Thanks for listening to the Metal Assault Podcast.